Welcome to Oz Property Investors, where your smart, no BS friends who tell you the most interesting stuff going on in property. Join your host, Jeff Miles, former mortgage broker and property developer, alongside Joe Tucker, Director of Property Principles Buyers Agency, as they interview some of Australia's top property experts and commentators, so we can all become better property investors together. Right. So are we are live on Oz Property Investor. We bring the big names and we have the big Captain Property Fun. I was going to say Captain Planet and I had to rethink about that. How are you going anyway, Karen? What, what's happening? Hi, guys. Great to be here. Yeah, feeling very, uh, very powerful. I'm very excited to talk about money partners tonight. The power. The power of money partners. I feel like I should have Indeed. done some weights. I should have done like a big, big workout routine, maybe like it. Anyway, how are you, you going? Anyway, a protein what's... shake or anything before? No, no. no. I, I, lift, I lift enough weights during the day. How about you, Joe? What's, what's happening? <laughs> what weights do you lift during the day, Jeff? <laughs> oh, yeah. little, little, uh, little bundle, Let's bundle not get started. Let's not get into that. Well, yeah, you are the uh, Captain Planet slash Captain Property Hero um, for this evening, and I'm pumped for this one, mate. Um, excited God. to have you back on. I think it's been over like a year and a half since we had you back on. I think it would be. Um, You'd be closing in on that, I think. Yeah, almost two years. So I think we've done a few more projects since then and sort of evolved as a business and uh, worked with a lot more money partners along the way too. So at least that gives us plenty to talk about. Love it. Oh. Jeff, how are you, mate? I'm good. I'm, I'm fantastic. I'm, I'm feeling really good. Feeling, yeah, sort of enjoy the, yeah, enjoy this sort of, I love more creative types of properties. So I think I, I can feel the energy tonight, so let's uh, let's Ooh. let's kick in, shall we? And I suppose if people yeah. have questions or comments, because particularly Greg Warner, if, you, if you're watching it, because I know you wrote some really fantastic questions, so um, I'm not going to go and look at the posts that I've written because we, we we write about a hundred posts or ten posts. But if you've got questions, drop them in, and we will get to as many of those as we can along the way. Um, but what I wanted to say, what are we talking about? The power of money partners. What what does that actually mean? So. What is this session going to unpack? What, what should you expect? So we're going to talk about and 101 of money partners. So that is kind of why and what they are and the essentials. Then we're going to go a little deeper. We're going to dive deeper into nitty gritty on money partners or MPs. I'm not going to say what we call project partners, the acronym we've got for that. But no, how to find them, communication, documentation, and, and challenges as well. And I think there's another sort of critical component is the questions you should be asking money partners and what, what somebody who's taking on a project, managing a project, should be asking their potential money partners as well. So it goes both ways. So there we go. There's going to be so much content. Joe's got about 500 questions lined up. So should well, we I've into... got so many questions because this is like the, the one of the most valuable sessions I think we're going to be having on this show purely because like as you grow as a property investor, You've got to kind of look to the towards the horizons and what other opportunities are out there. Um, I know we say it all the time, like buy a property that has development potential, buy a property that has renovation to potential, but you might not actually have the capital at that time to be able to do the project when it's the best time to do the project. So how do you get, what the heck is a money partner? How do you get one? And um, is it as scary and complicated and confusing as it is? I guess what that's what, Karen, you explain things very simply and break things down. So I'm excited to unpack the world of money partners and development and and all this all this fun stuff. So cool. thank you for um, coming on. No, great, my pleasure. It's good. I guess I like explaining things. It takes me back to my old Juno um, public mm. relations days about taking concepts and explaining. So fundamentally, um, a money per partner is a person that has um, 
money in, in some form, mm. and that may well be serviceability. Uh, it may well be in the form of cash, whether that's cash sitting in the bank, um, home equity, so a line of credit, um, money sitting in a self-managed super fund. Um, it, it can come in all shapes and forms. So fundamentally, it's someone who has um, generally a good chunk of money and they want to get involved in property deals, like whether that's renovations, subdivisions, developments, but they don't necessarily have maybe the, the time, the knowledge, um, the wherewithal, the inclination to actually do it themselves. So they want to get some of the benefits, I guess, that go with um, active property investment without necessarily yeah. perhaps having to be on the ground and doing it themselves. So, and then obviously mm. on the other hand, we have the project partner, we'll call them, and that's the person that has the project. However, they found that they've got something that they believe um, is a viable project that has a good chunk of um, uplift in it that um, will benefit everybody. There you go. Really hit the ground running. What I want? <laughs> is yeah. that us done now then? <laughs> no, oh, yeah. Wrap it up. Much more, can, much can, more I, can I say yeah. it's one of the things I've, I've coached probably a couple hundred people over the last eight or nine years um, in, in various guises, and it's one of the areas that I think fascinates people the most, but it also yeah. scares the crap out of a lot of people as well because I guess it's going into an area you know, in polite society, we don't talk about money, right? It's one of those mm. things we talk about. You don't ask how much someone earns. You don't yeah. ask how much money they've got in the bank, things like that. So for a lot of people, it can be quite a um, a change in, in outlook to actually be having conversations with people around, oh, so how much money do you have to invest? And this is the type of return or profit share that I can give you. And this is my deal and my deal is going to make this amount of profit. So for mm. a lot of people, it's one of the biggest blockages um, in going down the path of property, if they can't necessarily don't necessarily have access to those more traditional funding, um, they can see the benefit of this and they really love the look of it. It's like this bright shiny object from afar. And they sort of mm. they look love the look of it, but it sort of scares the crap out of them at the same time. So it's really common that there are so many questions and um, misapprehensions, if you like, around the topic. And and I think yeah. particularly in in the sort of in a rising interest rate environment where, where borrowing capacity has been squeezed to, to some extent, it, it may be an, an alternative for people to consider. And it's not something that should be taken lightly. And, and, and it's probably rightfully so that people should be a little bit sort of concerned and ap not and apprehensive and just sort of dot, maybe put a little toe in, little toe in first and cautious. cautious and in that way yeah. sort of, yeah, get to get to get the know to lay the land and then maybe sort of, yeah, go a bit deeper. Yeah. So it's absolutely risk. It's risk, but in no way different to any other element of risk of property investing, right? You know, there's, mm -hmm. there's risk associated with it for sure. Um, and, yeah. you know, anything that involves money can, as we know, often bring out the worst in people. Um, so there is that element. So certainly it is your responsibility um, as a money partner. If you are looking to invest with someone, it is certainly your responsibility to do your due diligence on that person and on that deal. Um, mm. It's no, you know, I can come to you and say, I've got this fantastic deal. I'm going to knock down this house. I'm going to chop it into five. We're going to do this and do that. And there's a million bucks in it. And I need your money for two years and you'll make 200K and happy days. It's up to you to then go and, and unpack that. And, and uh, we can talk a bit further about what sort of what information the, the, the project partner should be presenting. But equally, the money partner needs to be very much doing their own DD as well. Love it. Well, before we dive deeper into this, let's talk about, we got a new section here. It's not quote of the week. It is like content need, that need, you have consumed for this week. We need, some, we had one we need some music or some, need some music or something, Joe. Like, yeah, da -da 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 -da. 
Yeah, like, like so my current content is a book I've got here. So I think a lot Ooh. of people in this group are big fans of Phil Anderson and the 18.6 year properties clock. Uh, and this yep. is a book written by his business partner, Akil Patel. It's only come out, I think, in like the last month. Um, and it's a great book. So he talks in detail about the 18.6 year properties clock, but it's actually yep. much more of a how-to guide. Phil stuff is great, but can get a bit dry. This actually yes. tells you about the different stages of the cycle and tactics and strategies and what you should be doing at each phase to be making the most of it. So um, I've only just started it, but yeah, it's a great book. I love it already. Great book already. Well, if, that's if good. If anybody knows Akil, please, please let us uh, connect us in because we'd, we'd love to... He'd be great to have one, for sure. Yeah. He's got to promote a new book. He's got to promote a new book. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. We'll be on the tour. Maybe get a free book out of it, Joe. Content that I've consumed, um, I was consuming it today. I was consuming it really good. I was listening to a podcast called Founders, um, and I, I like autobiographies or biographies of people that have done great things like throughout history, like, you know, uh, Elon Musk has done some pretty interesting things and, and, and Thomas Edison was un incredible. Uh, but, but I don't have the time to sit there and read through an entire biography. What this guy does, he reads like eight biographies and then just gives you the cliff notes. Like today, it's not even necessarily biographies. It's also, hey, I just read all of Warren Buffett's shareholder letters over the last 55, 60 years. Oh, and wow. he just breaks it down point by point and like pulls out the valuable pieces. So that is my content. The best thing that came out of, well, the most recent one I was listening to, it was uh, Warren Buffett was like, just letting everyone know we've lost, you know, $5 million in the bond market because the, you know, the prices have dropped but also just letting you know, we're not selling it, so it doesn't actually matter. Um, it's about when we sell is the most important time. It's not about what it is worth right now. Um, just because all these other people are going crazy, losing their mind in selling the asset, it doesn't mean we have to be crazy and sell the asset. So it doesn't really matter what's happening in the market. It only happens when we need, when we want to transact it. Um, so I thought that was pretty, pretty interesting. That's cool. What about you, Jeff? Yeah, What's your content uh, of the week? That's that's. Uh, I was just looking it up. So mine, I, I was. Uh, I, I wanted to match up the content that we were sort of going to be roughly talking about. So I, I chose a very, I wouldn't say boring, but a very <laughs> property sort of centered. Yours is yours is quite interesting, Joe. Mine's uh, a piece <laughs> on that I read from uh, Eliza Owen, and it, and it was about exploring the the short term selling continuing to rise and what she defined as short-term selling is uh, stock owned less than three years so she was saying mm -hmm. that in, in in winter 16 percent of listings had had been sort of so there's been an absolute surge so in in august there was a record of these sort of short-term listings so people were sort of cashing out and sort of selling their properties and she sort right. of she she posited the reason why people were doing this it's sort of so it said here uh, I'm just reading some of the reasons. So she said, um, environment rates have risen, resales due to mortgage serviceability constraints, but also people flipping homes as well. So that's where I linked it into this kind of money partners and typically shorter term. So I even I didn't I just happened on this. I didn't I didn't. It was just coincidence, Karen. But yeah, so just found it interesting. Have you sort of found that there's more people flipping in your kind of area? Are you sort of seeing? Are you just seeing because more reticular? activation you're uh, just seeing. My, yeah i guess my whole raz is geared around flipping isn't it but i guess certainly um 
you know, and Adelaide, Adelaide's been fortunate that we didn't sort of have that softening that a lot of the eastern states did. We've kind of pretty well just kept motoring along pretty solidly all the way through and then it feels like we're from a little kick again. Um, so certainly I think people, they can see the market keeps rising and if you buy well, um, I think people can certainly see the benefit of, you know, turning something over. I guess what I'm seeing a bit, which I don't love, is some pretty ordinary Renaults, to be honest, um, mm. some real, real lipstick on a pig kind of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And again, I think, um, you know, money brings out the best and worst in people. I think sometimes people just think, oh, it, they'll literally get a slap on a coat of paint, whack on a new bench top and, and off we go. So, yeah, I've seen some pretty ordinary stuff. But then I just think those that are doing a really good job just um, makes our stuff look really good. So, so yeah, great. But if, if anybody knows Eliza, please uh, like get, get us in touch. We have reached out and, and uh, we, we seem to struggle to get economists on the show. But that's they don't seem to like us very much. <coughs> Would we be missing much, Jeff, if you didn't have an economist on the show? No, we love economists. <laughs> I think I think it's fascinating just to, just to understand their kind of yeah. I know you're joking. Well, well, you could try and get Marky Mark on, Mr. Boris. <laughs> Marky, oh, Mark Boris. No, no, yeah. I mean, yeah, good old. Yeah, no, that's not. <laughs> I reckon it'd be it'd be interesting just to kind of hear it. Like, yeah. Anyway, kind of feels like anyway, the Donald Trump. Along. Yeah, no, we shouldn't. We got an ad. Let's jump into the Dude. ad before we introduce the amazing Karen Baldwin um, and dive Easy deep into the world of money finance. Boom. There's nothing worse than going into a situation unprepared, especially when that situation is purchasing one of the most expensive assets of your life against a trained property expert in the form of a real estate agent. It's a scary thought but it is a skill that can be taught. Do you wanna learn how to become fully prepared when buying a property? So you can get out there, buy your dream home or investment property without the fear of actually messing it up. Scott Agate, the founder and expert property negotiator at Hello House has been helping people buy their properties by stepping in and negotiating with the agents and saving his clients tens of thousands and in some cases, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Scott has now decided to share all that he's learned over the past 28 years in real estate so you can go out there and do the exact same thing on how to find a property, analyze that property, negotiate on that property and transact on it to get the best results. He's created the Get Buyer Ready course which is a step-by-step -step guide on how you too can become an expert property negotiator. It's the easy way of how you can avoid all of these agent games and get the best purchase price on that dream home or your investment property. The course is in short bites for busy people with no fluff at all. Just all the information you need to get buyer ready and secure that next property with confidence at the best price. Scott has been kind enough to give our community a massive discount with the link below. Sign up today before you even think about putting an offer on that next property and it will be one of the best decisions you ever make. Here we go. Oh, we are back. Is. So the the person we the the captain property we have in front of us of oh, I'm probably trying to call you that too much today but it is it is such a it is a good moniker so so Karen who are you you've, I, we said you'd only done sixty plus projects but it's in excess now of seventy so I don't know where yeah I'm not, 60 should I be offended <clears throat> yeah we did a recount recently um yeah I think we're at seventy three I think that's about yeah. right with what the twins that we bought the other day I think we cracked seventy three with that so. Yeah. Oh wow. oh wow! So you keep it, yeah. In the past ten years, so that 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 is very impressive. That's that's at least seven pro. Well, I mean, maybe not at least, but on average, seven projects per year. So yeah. that's uh that's super impressive to be able to keep up that run rate. So, projects. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's, the, it's uh, a lot. And obviously cosmetic renos are in and out a lot quicker, so they kind of, you know, zoom through a lot more. And then obviously other things, and especially, you know, um, the last couple of years post-COVID trying to build anything, um, <laughs> those things aren't turning over quickly. But, yeah, it's a fair average. But it's I guess it's, it's been an awesome experience, but it's just also given us, um, I think, a really good range of skills, opportunities, um, and, yeah, we've done a lot of it with money partners. So super grateful to them for that. Yeah, yeah. The other thing I found that you're 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 also a property coach and speaker, and you did mention that you alluded to that. But you're you're a keynote speaker at the inaugural Flipping Houses Australia Free Day Workshop. Like, what's yeah. uh? I mean, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Like, did yeah, they give you yeah, like it was um, it was a new event. Uh, it was just just uh, some COVID was coming actually. It was a few. It's like COVID. What's that? Is that a cold type thing? Um, so, mm -hmm. so that snuck in just before. Uh, it would happen so yeah I've, I've done a bit of speaking um and done quite a, you know a few podcasts over the time um had the pleasure of being on with you guys a while ago and yeah one of the things i really do enjoy i've, I've coached quite a over a couple of hundred people now um, and a lot of it is around sort of what we're talking about tonight how to buy property off market and things like that but then how to do a deal if perhaps those traditional money um, opportunities aren't there for you so a lot of what i do with people is, is working them through the whole money partner process actually for sure yeah, exciting. That's what we're going to unpack. So we usually ask people their favorite sort of property, but we I believe we're pretty sure we asked that last time. So I'm going to, we're going to ask you to pick between your favorite kind of children. What is your favorite project that you've done? Um, we've probably a couple. The one that we've just got, I mean, the most recent often are the most freshest in your mind. So we've just mm -hmm. bought a, a pair of masonettes. So they're like um, semi-detached here in Adelaide. Um, they're 18, built in 1870 in a pre super premium suburb parkside it's about two or three k's from the cbd um, it's already come with the da to knock off the lean twos and turn them from a two one into a three two with our fresco um rear lane access double car parking so i think um that's going to be a great project it's nice and chunky profit but it's going to be a good one but i think one of my favorites was probably a bit of a defining moment was it's not really sexy but it was a land split it was our first substantial land split and we did that we got the da on that um the week that scomo announced the home built the home um, buyers grant home builders grant yeah, um, so we sold we had three blocks of land we sold them within like three days um and we made like 210k and you know up until that wow. time we've sort of been making sort of 50s and 60s on our renos so i guess that was a bit of a light bulb moment for us in terms of um uh yeah different strategies yeah, and what the returns could be beyond be that. Um, well, let's dive into the world of money partners. Um, I don't even know where to start. Where do we start with money partners? Because I mean, you gave a great, a great kind of. What 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 are money partners? Yeah. So yeah, a money partner is generally a person that's got a, a big chunk of cash. So, but it could be serviceability. They might well have the potential to borrow large sums of money. Um, or it could be cash, and that could be in the, a self-managed super fund, could be cash in the bank, it could be home equity, so it could be a line of credit that they've created against their home um, their home value. And, yeah, someone who generally has an interest in property but doesn't necessarily have the skill, the time, the inclination to be able to do it themselves. So that's one side, and then the project partner is obviously the person that's gone out, hopefully found a really good profitable deal that they need some funding for. Um, and generally they, they, they'll be looking for a money partner because... Um, they may well be tapped out, tapped out themselves financially, just traditional isn't available to them. You know, they've got a mortgage against their house. And obviously this has been a big factor, as we alluded to, last year or so now with everyone's sort of serviceability 
dropping something like 25, 30%. So it could be you tapped out with the bank. Um, it could be that maybe, um, you know, you don't have a great track record with money. You might be in a situation where, you know, you're not financial at the moment. I've worked with a lot of people that, you know, um, for reasons well outside of their own control, their business went under, for example, as a result of COVID. So they lost everything, lost a $40 million business, lost their house, um, and they're kind of starting from scratch coming out of COVID. So they don't have the ability um, and, you know, to be able to borrow money, for example. So money partners are great for people like that. So it can be great to get you started. Um, it could be great. You might have a deal already on the go and that's cranking along. And then, you know, the deal of the decade comes along once a week, a cracker deal comes along and great, you want to go for it, but all your um, financing capabilities tied up in this initial project. So how do I make project number two happen at the same time? For those yeah. who right, if you really want to scale your property investing and, and start to make it a real business, a lot of people use money partners to keep moving up those rungs of the ladder. Yeah. And and how do you find a money partner? Like how do you actually find someone and what are we looking out for in that type of person? I did have um, a last, I think one of the questions today was, is there a secret handshake or like oh, a secret money partner yeah, society? Great, great that one. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but do you walk in the room and it's a secret wink or something? Um, <laughs> look, it's like, it's funny, we, Jeff, I think you talked about your reticular activating system before, right? So your RAS. So um, for those who are not familiar with it, that's basically your filter that your brain has that when you're really locking on something, your brain filters out other things and really hones in on that. So, for example, if you decide you're going to buy a Nissan X trail, all of a sudden all you see everywhere on the road will be Nissan X trails. Your, your brain focuses in on that. So, um, look, there's a lot of different ways. Family and friends often can be a really good way to start because they can be perhaps be a, a warmer target than perhaps going out cold to the, the wider community. So. You know, mum and dad might have a big chunk of cash or a lot of money sitting in super not doing much or, you know, your brother-in-law's just sold his investment property and um, he's cashed up and ready to go. So, um, yeah, you can find them through there. I mean, uh, lots of property networking groups. You know, there's dozens of property communities out there now, so they can be a really good way. Lots of deals get done in that environment. Um, and obviously you need to be active in those and sort of going to the networking events in person and things like that. Um, there's certainly there's lots of groups on Facebook, yours not being one of them, of course, but lots of them that are very set up for just sort of deal hub and, and looking for JV partners and money partners and things like that. So, and, and even you might even find like your accountant or your, your own financial advisor or something might have clients who have cash um, looking for a good home. So it, it's really interesting. I, what I would stress is get really vocal about what you do and if you're looking for a money partner because it is it does become a bit of a chain effect well i've got a lot of money partners who you know uh, our first money partner brett who was amazing and he did i think 10 or 12 deals with us in the beginning he he had a, a um a bookkeeper and the bookkeeper said oh what's this rainmaker property what's all this money you're making with rainmaker so brett mm -hmm. introduced tamara and tamara's now been with us and i think tamara's been in 16 deals we worked out the other day wow I had a long, I took her out for a long lunch the other day. I thought it was the least I could do <laughs> to, to buy some great tapas and a couple of bottles of red wine. Um, so, you know, there's that kind of domino effect. Um, so, you know, t tell people what, what you do and the kind of returns you're offering because, um, you know, there are, they can be pretty attractive returns. And if people have got money sitting in a term deposit, sort of getting three and four percent 
and you're potentially often offering 12, 15 or even more, um, it could be a you know, decider for someone to take a big whack of cash out of that and, and put it into your project. So on the return thing, because often people think about oh, that's the, the headline thing that people talk about. But I want to even take a step back before we even sort of say mm. what is it, or we said what a money partner is and how do you find them. Like uh, the thing I want to know is why would, why would somebody sort of, why would an investor um, yeah. take on a money partner like why does it happen yeah because otherwise i'm just thinking why wouldn't i go to a bank and get a loan at four well not four percent but maybe five or six percent these days why can't i do that i'm just why do you need my money why are you offering me 14 or 20 percent or whatever it is for my money to me that just hmm. sort of sounds well it seems a bit, okay. a bit i'd be a bit skeptical i mean well, as I, you I, said I, for a lot of people going to the bank and getting a, an interest rate of five or six percent is just not feasible um, so that they're already tapped out at that rate or they're just not in a position that they look good on paper um, for a bank. So that can take that off the table. And it's so for, for most people, it's just a cost of doing business, right? So if you've got mm -hmm. a good chunky deal with a good element of profit in that, every fees that I do, Scott and I do, even if we're going to fund it ourselves or get cheaper bank finance or whatever, I still always do my fees at money partner interest. Because so, like, then I know it's a really good deal. Because if the, if the if I can put plug in money partner interest and it still comes up with a chunky profit, well then I know I've got a good deal. If I can then fund a big chunk of it myself or with cheaper finance, well then I've got an even better deal. So it's so for for people like that, it's just a cost of doing business. If you've got a great opportunity, you can flip something and you can make a hundred thousand dollar profit on this, and in return it's going to cost you thirty thousand dollars in interest for that period. It's just a cost of doing business. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, your your interest, Jeff, was on the on the side of the investor and and the the money partner coming in. I'm more interested about why would a money partner, someone who is an investor with this cash, with this serviceability, not just go out there and do this all on their own rather than getting a a return? Um, because right now, <laughs> like interest rates are at um, you know six, seven. Mm -hmm. I've got people with 8% eight, 8% of an interest rate um you put that in your offset account you're automatically returning that 8% um so why would a money partner do this like what's the what's the kind okay. of the so win? they may well have paid off their own home right so that they don't yep. they don't have debt yep. they don't have mortgage um yep. they've just sold a business um they've just sold capital just sat there and they've got a big chunk of cash what are they going to do with it okay mm, mm. a lot of people aren't shares people but you often find there's you know property people, right, and there's shares people. Um, some people straddle both, but they often do find there's two camps. Okay, so I've got a big chunk of cash. I don't want to put it into shares. Um, term deposit's going to pay me 3 or 4%. Mm. I like property. I'm into property. I don't want to do buy and hold. I'm not saying I'm going to get those returns. Um, so I like property. Um, I'd like to get into developing or, you know, I'm really interested in renovating, but I don't, I haven't got the skill set myself. I haven't got the time. I work 80 hours a week. You know, I make 250K, I've got half a million dollars in the bank, but I don't have the time to go out and find a deal, project manager deal, um, do all those things. So this is kind of an arm's length way, you know, they kind of get to sort of vicariously be a renovator or developer um, through their, their property partner. Yeah. And what's the typical return like a, a money partner should should okay, expect? So, from... I mean, in a lot of sort of property communities at the moment, sort of 15% per annum is sort of mm. a pretty average kind of return. Um, I've got, having said that, we've got some old family friends that have been investing with us for years. 
they're really happy with 10% per annum. But what they do, they've got a large chunk with us, but they just keep it with us all the time. But we actually pay their interest monthly because they're retired. So um, they're getting monthly. So they're getting 10% rather than a higher rate, but they're getting monthly interest repayments. So that's their living money. So they're happy yeah. with that at 10%, for example. Um, 12%, yeah. we've still got some family and friends on 12%. <laughs> um, 15 is kind of a, a standard, um, I think, in a lot of property circles these days. Um, there's been instances where we've paid, we've paid up to 18%. What's been a challenge is where we've had money partners who have borrowed against their home equity. So back a year and a half ago, we were paying them 12% and it was only yeah. costing them 2%, right? So they were making yeah. a good margin. And then mm. hey ho, you know, 12, 13, 14 interest rate rises, the the 12% is now, you know, they're paying sixes and sevens, that's not much of a margin. So mm. we've actually in some instances with those type money partners, if it's the right deal and there's enough fat in it, we've increased our interest rate to something more like 18. So then there's enough margin in it for them to be worthwhile. And again, why would I do that? Because it's a cost of doing business and they're invested in projects that have, you know, 25% plus returns on them. So I'm not going yeah. to quibble over a few extra thousand dollars if they're a really good money partner. They've supported us. Um, mm. They're good people. They get us. I'm going to look after them as well. Uh, and then I have seen, you know, some people paying and offering and asking for some 20s, 22%, 25%. I've never gone to that. Um, wow. um, it wouldn't have to be a really good deal and I'd have to be really <laughs> tapping out my money partner supply for me to go to that, but that's just a personal call. I just think then you're starting to be wanting sort of developer returns. Um, yeah. Um, so it's you know, a fine line there, but, you know, it's if yeah. if that's the only way you if, can get your fun, get the funds and the deal stacks up, stacks up well, it's not for you're me. Be, you're, you're, being, you're being very diplomatic, Karen. Um, I, I will say that if somebody's offering 20%, I would be I would be scrutinising every single word in any MO memorandum yeah. understanding. Or M, and there have been some companies am. that have done that, right, and who are no longer yeah. with us. So. <laughs> yeah, I, and I just, yeah, because it's sort of, it's what it smacks of is, is starting to get, sort of get, I'm not going to use the word the P word. I'm not going and and onzi, but um, I'm not going to use that. But you're sort of then getting getting sort of money into then sort of continue to fund things, and then you're sort of saying, yeah. how you're okay. then sort of paying back the the people if if the project if something or it could even be a house of cards. Like if something goes wrong in one of the projects, then you just sort of say, well, how can yes. they continue to pay that person twenty two percent or whatever it is? So just and we've be, seen yeah. other developers do that too. That's right. Take money from from money partners and put it with other projects and things like that. And those poor old money partners would have had no clue. They would have thought they're investing with this person. So, like I said, it comes down to doing your, your own due diligence. So, yeah. whatever information the project partner is giving you. And so we always do a, a fairly detailed information memorandum, an IM, um, and we go through that. We talk through the project in detail. So we talk about the suburb because most of our investors aren't in Adelaide. So I'm talking about Parkside what a great suburb it is and it's 2k from the cbd and including some demographics and things like that um, i'm talking about the, the property i'm talking about how i bought it um, i'm talking about what i'm going to be doing with it so i'll include plans or an outline of, of the renovation and things like that so it's quite detailed i include my full feasibility um, yep. And we're, I'm completely transparent like that. And then people said to me, oh, feel a bit awkward if the money partner sees how much I'm making. And I'm like, good money partners won't begrudge you making a good profit, right? If you're making a good profit, their capital's far more likely and, and principal and interest is far more likely to come back. 
if you're doing a project with razor thin margins, you don't need much, you know, for your reno budget or your development budget to go bloop or your sale price to go soft. Uh, yeah. And then, then, then they're not, you know, they're not going to get interest. They'll then be lucky to get all of their capital back. So I don't begrudge. I don't have a problem showing my full feasibilities to people. I stand by them. And then we also yeah. include a CMA, which shows the resale, how we have arrived at the resale figure that we've plugged into the FISO. So a CMA to say, here's 12 examples of other properties that sold for $1.5 million in Parkside in the last three months. Nice. Yeah. And that's so, that's, sounds crazy but i imagine so many people don't do that but it's 100 percent confidence to the client to the person that you're dealing with to know that you're doing an actual good deal and oh this actually makes sense and stacks up when you talk about returns like how do you think about because there's this thing out there in the marketplace i need a 20 percent return on my uh you know the deal needs to be 20 percent. have you got like have you got a rule like that well one what is your thoughts on that 20 has to be 20 percent return mm. What are your thoughts on that? Um, well, 20% is generally in the development space. If you're talking about flipping and things like that, we tend to generally talk more sort of around, say, 12s, 12 to 15%. If you can be making those, you're doing well. I think on a cos on a cosmetic reno, probably more 12s at cosmetic, 15s, probably more um, structurals. We tend to be looking for more development-type returns. So mm -hmm. certainly, um, and then developments, yeah, we, we could, I guess that was the way I was educated. Um, was pretty well on the, the, you know, 18 is an absolute bare minimum, but generally developments more than 20%. Um, yeah. And is this, and what about land sales? Like, how do you think about when you just sell the yeah, land? Yeah, pretty well similar, similar, to, you know, because you've got the longer timeframes and more capital and things like that. So you're just wanting to be getting that return. Whereas cosmetic, you're in and out, hopefully in four or five months, you know, it's that velocity of money, you're turning over in Adelaide, you know, you've bought it for 500, you've spent 50 on the reno, you know, you're out at the other end. Um, but yeah, if we're doing a development where there's more, much more, you know, even like some of the biggest structural renos that we've done that, you know, the buy-in price has, you know, been at the higher end for Adelaide and then spending half a million on a structural reno. Um, yeah, it needs to be getting those better returns sort of at the teens and 20%. Yeah, wow, okay. And and land sales as well, just 18 minimum. Mm. You gotta, yeah. You gotta do it. Um, that's, that's cool. Um, and so that's protecting us, but that's also, I, like I, I've always said, I take money, but I used to be finance and a business journey, right? So I've always loved business and the way it works and finance. So, you know, I take all money seriously, but I take money partners money even more seriously, you know, like it's, yeah. it's a massive privilege. Um, and I feel, you know, I don't take it lightly that when someone, you know, lends a hundred thousand, that's great. But you know, we've got money, we've got a one, one money partner. Amazing. And he always has $1.25 million available to Scott and I for projects. And so we yeah. use it. And when we're done, he's like, well, okay, what's, what are we going into next? And we yeah. next repay. You know, I don't take that lightly that someone's lending $1.25 million to us on a regular. I don't take it lightly that someone's retirement living depends on Scott and I getting our projects right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and then again, it comes down to that responsibility, isn't it? That's right. Um, but integrity as well, as well, right? So, um, and so hence the transparency. And I guess that's the confidence of, you know, 70 plus deals, um, work with dozens of money partners. I think we worked out, I've added up, we've, we've repaid, we've paid out close to $3 million in interest in that 10 years. <laughs> wow. So that's, oh you know, but that, I, I think that's amazing because that's, I know for some families that was a new kitchen, right? Or that's that's been the mortgage paid down or that was an overseas trip or that was school fees or that was braces paid for. 
Mm. Um, so that's why you know when you get it right it's it's that whole and it sounds a bit corny but one of my favorite sayings is one plus one can actually equal three because if you get you know two good parties together um and working in sync and with integrity and wanting to get achieve a really good outcome then what you can achieve is you know amazing sorry i'm probably sounding yeah. a bit woo-woo now but a bit of, about ahead. sort of lending money. Um, I mean, I, I don't think a lot of sort of money partners um, or sort of a lot of money partner providers sort of do this. But is this is it ever common where you have your sort of your books audited by by a third party to say, okay, well, here's what they've actually. Is that something that happens? Or no, not generally, because generally, um, you know, and I'll say too, obviously, with all of this, this is this is my own experience. Okay, so I'm not a financial planner, an accountant, mortgage broker, any of that. I'm not giving advice. This is just my experience and and people that I've worked with over the journey. But um, see, so you, you've got different arrangements. A money partner, if someone's a money partner, generally it's much more of an arm's length lending arrangement. Okay, so you're lending me five hundred thousand dollars for twelve months and I'm paying you 15% per annum. Now, if I FISO that I'm going to make X profit on that and we actually make a couple hundred K more, that actually makes no interest, no different to the interest I'm paying you, right? I'm just still paying you that same amount because we've got an agreed rate of interest. Equally, if the project goes a bit pear-shaped and we make a couple hundred thousand less than what we forecast, that still makes no difference to you. You're still getting your agreed because it's a fixed rate of interest. You can't yeah, have so a relationship. it doesn't matter whatsoever. What but you can have more of a, you know what you, more of a JV, more of a joint venture agreement, and that might be more where um, that they're contributing like the entire amount or things like that, and you're actually sharing profits. You know, so you might have shared uh, roles and responsibilities. And generally, money partner arrangement: the project partner is running the project, the money partner provides the money, and they there should be two very different, two separate things, and they are certainly yeah. in in our business. I know one, you know, probably one of the biggest disasters with money partnering was um, back in the early days, one of my hubby's great mates um, uh, was a money partner with us, but I didn't realise that he was also a control freak. And I'm a bit of a control freak with my projects. Uh -oh. And and he lived in Adelaide. I have a bit of a running joke. People say, oh, what's the best kind of money partner to have? And I, I always say, oh, one that lives interstate. So he lived up the road. So, of course, he would drive past regularly. He talked to the trades when I wasn't there. He'd take photos of things and then circle them with big question marks. So they ended up sadly being argy and we actually lost a friendship over it. Um, yeah. The, the friendship yeah. slowly recovered many years later. But, um, you know, so if you're a money partner who wants to, for example, learn how to renovate, you need to be really clear that the person you're partnering with is happy to bring you in on that journey. If, if the project partner's like, no, no, keep away, you know, I want nothing to do with it. But if your project partner's like, yeah, for sure, come on site, I'm happy to walk you through things, I'm happy to show you, I'm happy to introduce you to my trades. So like with yeah. everything in life, it comes down to um, having the same expectations of the project mm -hmm. and good communication. So from the outset, both sides need to be really clear on how is this arrangement going to work? Is it more of a joint venture, which is sort of more of a partnership, or is it much more of an arm's length money lending um and i don't really want to know what's going on you know and, and in that situation yeah. we just update our money partners regularly right we just sort of say at milestones if it's a development well we've got the da or we put the slab down you know frames are up well we've gone to market um you know if yeah. it's renos and more regular updates so but you've got to be really clear about what it is as a money partner that you want from the experience but the mm. the project partner also needs to be very clear on you know what they're comfortable with 
with allowing their money partner to be involved with. Yeah, that sounds like a great lesson that you learned along the way, an expensive one in terms of relationship. Yeah, lesson. yeah. But, but but um it's so it's that communication piece of if you're running the project, I, if I'm running the project, I'm running the project, right? That's you right. don't want to have someone else, you don't want two chefs in the kitchen uh no, cooking no. up a cooking up someone a someone asking, you know, one. what can, what color bathroom yeah. tiles are we having and you know, what's <laughs> what sort of carpet's going in the bedrooms. That's kind of, you know, but that's okay. And some, look, I've got a, a really great um, girlfriend who, is, who does similar to what I do and she um, she's happy to do that. And so she'll often have people all on, come on site and she'll walk them through and show them everything, which is amazing. Um, and certainly I'm happy to have money partners, um, you know, happy to take them through at any time or when it's finished, but it has to be agreed and decided. You know, I don't, it's not cool for your money partner just to rock up on site and walk around and start poking at things. That's kind of not, yeah. you know. It's not um, not a great way to run a, run a relationship. Um, one, one, I want to just take a step back with something you said before um, in terms of the return. So you get a, let's just say, 15% return on a million, a, a million. They give you a million dollars, they get a 15% return. You said if the deal doesn't work, they still get paid. How yeah. do they, how do you, how does that happen? The deal lost money, you lost money, the deal lost money. How do it? Yeah, there it is. What if the de developer defaults? What can I do to get and, my money and back? This is Andy's question. I'll sort, I'll sort of tweak it a little bit and say, is developer defaulting? I mean, I think that could be more slightly different. Yeah, that's, so that's default's a big word. Um, so let's maybe tie it back more to the question, the way that you framed it, Joe, in terms of yeah, we do a deal. It was forecast it was going to make, it was, it was a cosmetic Renault case. So it's a smaller yeah. deal. It was meant to make a, you know, 100K profit. Everything went to pig, pig put. The Renault went out the window. Um, the market turned soft on us, disaster, and we lost 50K. Yeah. Yeah, in that situation. So we've had that over the course, of, and I'm really transparent around this, we've, we've had a couple of deals. Um, thankfully, out of 70 plus, um, I can count them on less than the fingers on one hand, but we have had a couple of instances like that. So in that instance, um, Scott and I had to stump up the shortfall. Yeah. Yeah. So do the, does the client get a guarantee of that? Well, no, there's really no guarantee. I mean, again, you, you'd obviously get very good legal advice and, and certainly both parties should have, you know, a really good solicitor on their team. Um, you know, they should be talking with their accountant about this. They should be talking with their financial advisor. If they're taking and, and, money and from separate, their... a separate person from the one that you're oh, absolutely, yep, not, not so not separate, the same person, yeah. not, not the same. No, no, some people would go to the some same, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, sure. And some, some people just claim that they can happily do it and not have a conflict. How, um, no. you know, if you're using self managed super funds, well, then of course you should be talking to your self managed advisor about this. So you'd be getting them that advice and making sure that the agreement, as much as possible, outlines um, what happens in that situation. That if there is uh, a loss then, the, you know, the project partner still has to reimburse those funds. And, you know, I've seen instances where people haven't had it themselves straight away. So what they've done is they've gone, well, look, here's your principal back. We can't pay you the interest that we owed you for that period. We'll start a new, we've got a new loan agreement drawn up and can you give us six months to repay that interest? Yes, there'll be interest on that again. We totally get that. And we commit that in, over the next six months because we're doing other deals or from our own resources, we'll repay those funds. That's that's having integrity. There are instances I've seen people who just sort of go, I go, sorry, yeah. soz, soz about that. Um, and that's, you know, and the, the agreement's not been tight enough. And that, to my mind, is just totally not cool. I've coached people that wanted to, were in JVs where it didn't go well, it ended, and they needed to tip money in, and, and the person was managing the project, and they were like, oh, well, that's 
the, the funders problem and I'm like no mate no it's not not on my watch that's not yeah. that's not cool yeah wow yeah I'm a little but, bit um, of a hard ass coach like that I don't, I don't allow <laughs> we don't treat well, other people's money with disdain right so um again you should you know, Elizabeth, it's, Elizabeth who, who said that so Elizabeth said coached by Karen has partnered with 27 over 12 deals Karen's words are gold Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, money as well. Yeah. There we um, go. Yeah. So one one of the questions I have about I'm, I'm sorry I'm just bombarding you with questions. No, as well. I want structure, Joe, but Joe's asking questions. <laughs> um, uh, I guess where, where was I going with that? Um, do 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 you get loans? So we've got a deal. Do you get loans for deals as well as incorporating money, partner money? Yeah, absolutely. Like let's say a, yeah. a client. You mean bank? Bank loan show, is that what you mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like top ups. Yeah. Yep. So, like, for example, some of the, the renos and things we do, the biggest structural renos, we'll get private equ equity money. Um, and so, uh, you know, we'll get them and they'll fund, for example, they might fund 65, 70% of the purchase price. Okay. So, I've still then got yeah. that sh shortfall. I've still got to make up, you know, 30% of the purchase price plus about 5% odd in stamp duty plus then whatever the reno is and insurance and council rates and all that type thing. So I feel like we have a bit of a hybrid. So it'll be private equity money. And then Scott and I might tip in X amount ourselves and then we'll, we'll top up them with some money partner funds. Yeah. But again, we're very transparent about that. We explain that, we explain all that to the, the money partners. Um, so again, you yeah, know, just, that's one of the questions you want to ask is, well, who else, how many other money partners are there, you know, <clears throat> who's who in the zoo, who's got what share and, and you know, security and things like that. So you want to make sure you're transparent oh, yeah. or that's sorted. Very, very good question. Um, and what yeah, are we talking about now? What questions should we be asking the, uh, uh, property project partners or Jeff? Probably, I don't know, probably a little bit early. I mean, can talk about it. But it's, I, too early. it's too early. It's too yeah, early. Yeah, Could the developer terrible. have spin in the game and make them more accountable as some do no money down deals. I thought that was yeah, the really good question. question yeah. yeah, as much as possible. I think it's really great. Um, you have to question if if the developer or the renovator says to you, I don't have skin in the game, but it's because I've got all my all my available funds are tied up in these deals here, X, Y, Z, here I can show you. Um, then yeah, certainly there's been times, you know, like at any given time, looking at the whiteboard here, you know, I think we're sort of in between eight and nine deals and that's like two structural renos about four land splits a couple of builds etc cetera, etc cetera. so at some periods you know we kind of all tapped out and then some money comes back right so we can use some of that so um if it's you know a small developer doing one deal at a time you would ask why they don't have any skin in the game themselves for sure um but if they're perhaps someone what should we Sorry? see? For, what, what is skin in the game? Like how much should we see them? Like well, is there like a... It depends what you're comfortable with. Like, you know, for some people they might be happy to see that that the developers put, developers put a couple hundred thousand in. For someone it might be, well, I want to see that you're covering half the amount yourself. So, again, I think perhaps one of the things that we haven't touched on yet is, um, you know, the risk, the risk profile of the money partner. You know, money partnering mm. isn't for the lighthearted. Um, you know, and too often you can see people, and I think I kind of alluded to this before, you don't get the returns of 15, 16, 12, 18% with term deposit security. It just doesn't work like that. If you want term deposit security, then you're going to get term deposit returns. If you want kind of renovator speculative more deal returns, well, then there's a risk associated with that. So, um, 
I've spoken with potential money partners as a project partner who I felt wouldn't be a good fit for us as a money partner because they just seem too nervous. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. they'll self um, they'll self sort themselves out, right? You know, they'll have a chat and they seem more ready to go, and then all of a sudden, you know, crickets—they're not answering your calls or responding to your messages. So that's a pretty or, good uh, sign. But, or, or, or the or the partner said, "Oh, actually, we can't do this. It's 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 too too much risk." Right. And that's, well, that's you know, and I've seen many Any a time. I'll, I'll run up past my accountant. Well, you know, that can be a good way to kill a deal. Um, having said that, <laughs> some accountants, a lot of accountants, love property. Um, and, you know, mm. do their own deals and develop and things themselves. So I've I certainly have thought oh, I won't hear back from them if they're taking it to the accountant and they've come back, no, the accountant says it looks good, you know, he thinks your numbers look good and, yeah, yeah, and I'm comfortable with that. I'm, I'm keen to go ahead. So it, you need to really, if you want to be a money partner, you need to be really clear within yourself about what level of risk you're comfortable with. I'll give mm. you an example. Recently had a, a deal that was ongoing, a development deal. It was taking a long time. But it was moving in the right direction. And this gentleman is a lovely guy and he had a certain amount of money with us and he was going back to the UK to live for a while and he was backwards and forwards and he just said, look, Kaz, it's not you. I have full trust in you and Scott. He said, I'm just really nervous about the world at the moment. This is when some of the American banks were a little bit wobbly, sort of earlier this year. Um, and there were talk, is this it? Is this the next GFC coming? Are the dominoes about to fall? Uh, house prices going to crash 20%, da, 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 da. And he was just really nervous about it. And I said, not a problem. I'll pay you your money out. And we just paid him yeah, out from right. the cash uh, cash reserves yeah. and his interest because I said to him, I don't want you lying awake at night feel nervous about your money sitting in my project. So I'd much rather I paid you out all done in good spirit. And he said, I may well come back. And I said, absolutely, you know, come come back when you feel comfortable <laughs> that the world's in a place again. But he was just at that time, you know, and he's in his 70s too, you know. So he said, if I lose yeah. this amount, you know, it's hard, I'm not going to get that back, right, as opposed to a 40-year-old. So yeah, um, and that's I was totally, I would, would much rather he had his money back and sleep well at night than, than be lying there and, and, you know, not sleeping at night, worried about whether he's going to get his money back on a deal. So as a money partner, you need to look at your risk threshold. So as a project partner, I often look at the money partner and I think, okay, have they invested in property themselves, you know, or are they fairly entrepreneurial? They might not be in property, but they run their own business. Or you can tell they've got a fairly entrepreneurial mindset. They've got a reasonably high level, um, a reasonably high risk threshold, I guess. Mm. Um what are some Perhaps other? Someone uh, who's been more in a safer job and have been in the and, and not casting dis, um, dispersions at all, but you know, perhaps someone who's been in the same job for thirty years, um, and you know, a bit more of a security type person. You, I would have to really question: Are they really going to be comfortable? Because there's enough going on as a renovator or developer, right? There's <laughs> there's enough stuff happening at any given time between councils and builders and and everything else. You don't really want to then have a, another kind of layer of complexity is that your money partner then is freaking out at you part way through the deal. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a good question here that talks about security while we're talking about risk. Um, what what level of security is best when doing a money partner deal? Like how should we think about this? Well, best I mean, there's different loaded, levels. Best is a loaded term, I would say. I mean, best for, I suppose. There's levels. What, what yeah, but I guess if you're a money partner putting money in, so often what happens in the communities and things that I operate in a lot is that I see is, um, for example, if you're doing something like a cosmetic flip, <clears throat> you've got to buy a price, you know, five or six and your stamps and you, whatever. If someone's contributing the whole amount, that can be a situation where a first mortgage 
is a really good security to be able to take, right? So they effectively become your Westpac or your NAB. They funded the entire thing, so they're taking a first mortgage. Or if they're funding a really large amount of it and maybe you're just contributing the rest yourself or with a second money partner, offering them that first mortgage. So that gives, you know, obviously the, the ultimate level of control. It's the same level as a bank. So if it does all go pear-shaped, they can actually then step in and, and take the property. Um, they get the How does the money part, how does the a pro, projects, um, project coordinator, project person, then sort project of partner. protect themselves, uh, project partner, protect themselves from the person just of it. Would you put caveats over it as a project partner? Or yeah, totally. Just... Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you've got a financial interest, so they've got a first mortgage, so you've got a caveat. But keep in yeah. mind, <clears throat> you, you know, people aren't running around loosely just calling in your mortgage, right? It's it's not something you just do really lightly on a whim one day because, you know, wouldn't this <laughs> be good to for... sell the property because, yeah. Yeah, oh, this be good already... for giggles, right? It's a massive process. It's traumatic. It's costly. It's legal. Um, I've seen an instance where it worked and this is really good protection. I was in a community and sadly there was someone who wasn't doing the right thing by people and was doing multiple deals and I think was borrowing money and I think living off the money and I think using some money to prop up her pretty ordinary business and, you know, all sorts of rubbing Peter to pay Paul constantly. Mm-hmm. And she was, he, the, the money partner lived in Sydney, the deal was on the central coast. She's saying all these things were happening. He got in the car one day and drove up there. These things weren't happening like the Renault wasn't underway and, and things like that. She couldn't account for any of the money. He'd given her all the Renault money up front. She couldn't account for it. Um, so in that instance, he 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 used his mortgagee rights and he um, yeah took the property back, got his own trades in, did the Renault, got an agent in, sold it, sold it for a profit. So he took his money. But as per the agreement, he still had to, she was still entitled to profit. So she ended up making money. So this guy did the right More thing for all the stress and it was really very stressful for him. He he luckily got his his money back in his interest, but actually the pretty ordinary project partner still ended up walking away with profit um, because that's oh, wow. what the agreement had stated. Um, so there's that, and then ger- what's generally quite often used is a caveat. So that's more where um, you know the solicitor or your conveyancer puts a caveat on and it sits there on the title, um, and so it doesn't have the same um, legal, the same legal stout, um, clout as as a mortgage, but it certainly right. protects your interest. It ensures that I don't go and sell the property, I don't renovate it, sell the property, take the proceeds, and then off it goes. You have to sign off and withdraw the caveat and things before the property can settle. So um, this is all, again, stuff you should be talking with your solicitor about and the two partners should be talking about security and what's what, what can be done and what's acceptable to both parties and things like that. And, again, if you're not comfortable with the level of security that's being offered as the money partner, well, then you should walk away. Mm. How about um, how about loan? Um, I mean, what, what, sort of, what sort of protection, I mean, I suppose, uh, aside from the caveat or the first or second mortgage, what, what other sort of what forms of security can people um, place upon uh, well, you, could, you could have, I mean, a lot of people think, can say whether they're, they're not worth the paper they're written on. I mean, you could ask for a personal guarantee. You could ask for a director's guarantee, mm. something like that. Um, but, you know, if that person has no assets <laughs> or has structured things in such a way that it's there, the guarantee, but all the assets are sitting in their partner's name or whatever, um, you know. So they, they, that is another option, but a lot of people do sort of look at them with a fair level of um, caution because really how effective are they? So, again, you know, that's the conversations you need to be having with your solicitor around what other avenues are available, what what is the um, 
the project partner comfortable putting up. You know, it might be that maybe <clears throat> they might have another property that they'll also give you security over. <clears throat> you know, if you're borrowing more than the purchase price and the stamps and the reno, you could effectively say, well, okay, you know, you're borrowing 120% from the money partners. That might not be enough security for some people, but it might be, well, look, okay, I've got an investment property sitting here with a big chunk of equity. I'm happy to give you some security over that as another fallback. But again, has to be what's the money partner wanting? What's the the project partner happy to put, you know to give up to put forward? And what do the solicitors think is fair and reasonable enough to cover the risk? So again, you can you can do a lot of this stuff and you can cover a lot of the bases. But at the end of the day, we're talking about people and we're talking about property, and you know the the best of intentions can sometimes go out the window. Yeah, and also it's quite a stressful event, like talking about all of this stuff and thinking about this stuff. I mean, cool. just for me, I'm like, well, I want the most secure, I want all the security that I can get for of the course. money. And then the developer's like, well, yeah, but I mean, we're all taking on risk here, and and hmm. I can only give, we can only give so much. And That's also, what? you're a bit of the pain in the ass. <laughs> I don't want to work with you anymore. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Um, money partner. Yeah. And look, and certainly it's it's about knowing, you know, some I have some money partners that really don't give a rat's bum about the project. And you know, that's not a bad thing. They're just like, look, here's here's the money, Kaz. Let me know when it's done, right? And I'll still oh, send yeah, them updates. I'll still send them. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I, I will have other money partners that like a higher level. I mean, I've had money partners that live in Sydney that will fly over to come and check in on the project quite rightly because there's a big chunk of money in that project. So don't have a problem with, you know, of course, anytime you want to come over, come over. Um, yeah. So it's also that's my job as the project partner. Um, if you're that nervous, don't do it. Yeah, pretty well. Yeah, I, um, I think that I think that's sort of, yeah, like if you're not comfortable and whether regardless of whether that's the um, money partner, I'm sorry, the project partner you're not comfortable with or the project, yeah, just figure out what yeah. that is because, yeah. That's right. And what, listen what to your gut too. Like, don't underestimate the value of your gut, right? Like I've heard plenty of people that have put money into deals and it hasn't gone. Like, oh, I knew there was something dodgy about that bloke. He just, you know, there wasn't something. There was some of some of what he said didn't stack up. Dodgy okay, well, around. again, it's on you. It's on you, right? It's your response. It's your money. It's your responsibility. It's the same. I give you an IM, an information memorandum with all this information in it. But if I tell you that, oh, all these houses have sold for one point five in Parkside. Well, you, you you do your own DJ, right? You jump on yourself and yeah. have a look and just see that, you know, it's those sorts of things. It's it's your money. So what is that saying? You can't control everything, but, you know, you are responsible. Yeah. And what is a reasonable thing to ask as a money partner? Hey, look, I have uh, $250,000 mm -hmm. um, and we're going to go do a land split, you know, knock down a house, put up three blocks of land and then sell that land. Um, what should I be asking for or what should I be putting, you know, putting out there from the, the project partner? Okay, cool. So I've come to you, I bought the project, right? So I found the land, I found the thing, okay. we're knocking it down, cool. And <clears throat> someone told me that, hey, you should go chat to old mate Joe, he's got 250. Okay, cool. Um, yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, you should be asking, I guess, so tell me about the suburb, um, tell me about, okay, so you, you're chopping into three blocks. So what size blocks are you doing, you know, because... Um, like for example, I, I talked about that project. It was a bit of a light bulb. We had a big piece of land. We chopped it into three and sold them all in a week. Now that was a big piece of land. We actually could have um, subdivided that into six blocks, right? Yeah. But yeah. But it was it's a it's a, a before park here in South Australia. It's a very yep. established family suburb, right? Lots of teenage kid families. So <clears throat> we knew 
you know, small, narrow frontages, single garage, 300 square metre blocks. No one wants that. We did blocks that were 700 square metres with, you know, a 1,200 metre, a 12 metre frontage so they could get a double garage and do all that kind of stuff. So you should certainly be asking, okay, so you're doing that sort of size allotment. Why why that size? So what can you tell me about your market? What can you tell me about your buyer, your demographic? What can you tell me about your price point? What can you tell me about the council? So how likely is this? I'm sorry, Jeff. And, and evidence of it as well. Like um, I'm, I'm looking right. at the document you, you sent through to us on the important uh, in the IM or Information, yeah. information Memorandum. Yeah. Great to so, kind of, you are running through these um, sort of points. So you're doing a development. Great. So is this going to get through? You've just bought the raw site. So does this actually, is this within within the plan? Can you actually create blocks of that size and that width? Is that, so can you show me that? Have So we're doing less. So are there, have you checked for easements? How comfortable are you that the site's intact? Are there any overlays that we should be worried about? Are there any easements? Are there anything like, what about that? That's a big ass tree at the back there. Is that going to be a problem or is that a significant yeah, tree? Significant. Um, so, it's you know, things like that, right? You know, and then the end product and then who you're selling them. So are you going to sell them yourself? You get them to an agent. Okay, so why that agent? Are they a local expert? Are they good? What price point? So why that price point? Um, okay, cool. The the knocking something down. Have you like? Is, is there asbestos? Is there anything like that? Have you allowed for that? Um, I could go on. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, you need to be doing your own DD yourself, right? Sort of take what they they yeah. give you. But the world we live in, there's no excuse really not to be able to jump on and spend an hour or two and, and do a lot of your own research or make a couple of phone calls yourself. Council, yeah. So do, do you? Because I'm a money partner. So I'm a money partner too. So yeah. I'm a project partner, but I'm a money partner too. Scott and I have an SMSF, and we obviously can't invest in our own project. So I'm a money partner too. So I wear both hats. <laughs> I should have said that at the beginning. So, you know, for yeah. example, if I'm putting our SMS money into a subdivision, that's the kind of stuff I'm asking. Yeah. And then one of the things that, that stood out to me when you were talking about the deal, you said, I've already got this deal secured. Um, how do you work with, like, so you already have the deal done, locked mm -hmm. away. Or do you say, hey, I want to buy this deal and do this project? Like how do you structure these purchases so that you have time to get the money and do all this stuff? So how do I do it or how should you do it? <laughs> Both. <laughs> so if I'm, your, if I'm your coach, I'm telling yeah. you that you have you want to have your money partners. You're constantly working on your money partner network, right? A lot of people this yeah. a lot of people ask this question. So when they go, so when what comes first, the deal or the money partner, you know, it's the chicken mm -hmm. or the egg. My view yeah. should be they should be running concurrently. You should be looking for a deal while you're building up your money partner networks. You should be starting to schmooze your family and friends and, and lay those things. So generally what we advise, particularly if you're going for something like an auction, right, so auction conditions, things like that, you want to be make sure that you've got your money lined up. Um, mm, yeah. Yeah, okay. In other instances, you might have signed, and you know, depending on what state you're in, you might be got calling off time. So you could, you know, you potentially could be doing that. So, you know, tip for new players is have your money partners lined up before you go to an auction. For example, I have had, I have had coaching clients from me going saying, "So Kaz, yeah, I did a thing this morning. Oh, what was that? I, I went to auction and I bought something. Like, oh, okay, I don't remember the money partners being lined up. Yeah, I think anyway, I, think I might know who, who this is. We'll have to." Know. <laughs> So that's not, but you know, but I do generally go. It's got and I generally go. Like we bought at Parkside the other day. I didn't have. We had we worked. We'd done our fees on. We worked out. We we believed it would be a combination of private equity, some of our own cash, and some money partner, and we were pretty confident. 
Um, but generally, yeah, you want to, um, or, you know, have, have, have a normal, have a finance clause, right? You don't necessarily depend some states and things like, well, who's the financier and things. Other times you can get away with just a more, you know, generic. But yeah. you should always be working on having your money partners um, and you certainly want to make sure you, you co you're confident you can fund that deal before you've locked it right in. Yeah, I think, um, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna let Joe loose soon. I just wanted to ask, and we we, well, he, we haven't uh, specifically covered off, but I think one of the I wouldn't say underrated, but more important things with with any sort of project is the exit strategy. What do you, what do you, how do you sort of unpack a lot of that with with, with any potential money partners yeah. and what should well, everything we're talking about here is pretty well generally for shorter term deals, right? This is not really a buy and hold strategy unless, you know, you're borrowing money from mum and dad at, you know, 5% or something maybe. But generally this is for shorter term deals. So this can be, you know, it works for cosmetic renos, structural renos, subdivisions, developments, anything that's sort of six months to three years type thing. Um, yeah. So I'm sorry, Jeff, what was the question again? On that. So kind of talk, talk, talk oh, about Exit strategies and yeah. so, so you'd be very clear. So it's a flip. So we're going to flip this thing. We're going to put in a new kitchen, new bathroom, paint, put a deck in, da 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 da, and we're going to put it back on the market and we're going to sell it for this amount. Yep. So in that situation, I guess, um, or a structural reno, it's okay. Well, what's the worst case scenario? Oh, we put it on the market. It's not selling. We're not moving it. So you kind of really need to have some some um, different plan Bs and things there. So what is it? It could be okay. Well, you've got so much of an uplift in it that you potentially could refinance pay the money partner out and maybe you, get, you hang on to it for a while and you're airbnb it or, you you know, you rent it for six months and maybe then you're trying to um, sell it again because you really don't want to hold on to this thing generally, right? You're wanting to try and move it. So you might hold on to it for six or 12 after you've refinanced or um, there might be, you know, I've seen situations where the money partners agree to, you know, stop the interest clock for a while if they've had to do that. Okay, well, we'll stop the interest clock, um, but we'll then when we get to the end, we'll renegotiate. And again, that needs to be done with really clear communication and input from solicitors and things. But you might look at it that way and go, okay, what what does it look like when we do get to finish it? Um, so yeah, if the developments, okay, well we're going to, you know, obviously a, a common formula with a lot of developers: we we build five, we sell four, that pays out the entire debt, and we get to keep the fifth freehold. So we do that. The four that we sell <clears throat> will pay you out entirely. So yeah, you just need to have some conversations around. If everything doesn't quite go to plan, what what is the scenario there and what's the breathing space? So again, that's really about communication. And this is where I see people go wrong with money partners is when things do get a bit hairy and things do get hairy in property, they some people just shut right down. You know, it's like mm. it's like a COVID, a, COVID a happens and you can't you can't get bank fine. Oh, I mean, oh, you, you, I know you. Well, probably, not, not even that necessarily, but just the you know the Renault's gone to pig pot, the builders stormed off, you've run out of money. Um, and, and I've seen sad instances where the project partners just stopped communicating. Wow. Yeah. 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 And yeah, I've, seen, you know, I've seen that someone had a mental. Yeah, sorry. That's right. I've seen someone has sort of basically have a mental breakdown, right? And they just couldn't communicate and they couldn't deal with it, um, which was you know, devastating for them. But of course, devastating for the money partner. They're like, you know, and this is in a deal in another state. Mm. Um, and so that's where, you know, if things do get a bit hairy, if it is taking longer to sell, or if there's some challenges or the DA is taking so much longer, just keep communicating. Like I just, I know, again, as a money partner, I get frustrated if, you know, I'm not hearing from the project partner 
when when other things are probably going a bit hairy, you know, I think, oh, why am I getting crickets? That's normally a, a bit of a warning sign. So um, good, bad or ugly, you should be communicating with your, your money partners regularly around what's going on and what's working. And if stuff's not quite going to plan, be transparent, be open about that. This is the reason why. But this is equally what we're trying to do to remedy, remedy, remedy the situation. We're trying to get it back on track. I'll keep you posted. Please hang in there with us. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's, that's all they want. They want a little bit of, little bit exactly. of confidence, right? Because people will cut you slack if you communicate. Most ninety nine percent of people want the best for you, right? They don't want you to be, you know, and they can already see you're in a stressful situation. Ninety nine times out of a hundred, they'll go, "Look, okay, no worries, not great. Yeah, mm, we are mindful because we kind of do need that money back, but we don't want to make life stressful for you. It sounds like you're doing everything you can. Appreciate the yeah. communication. Please just keep talking to us." Yeah. How do you time all of this? Like, I think you've got a whiteboard there with heap of deals coming on, and then you've got this capital, and then this deal's going to come through in three days. This deal's going to come through in six months. This deal's going to come through in eighteen months. And this one, twenty-six months, and then it's like, holy dooly! Yeah. How do you? How, it's pretty well a full-time job. Pretty well. What do I do in our business? Yeah. You know, I find, I fund. Um, you know, I find fun fees. I find fees. I fund. You know, so I'm the one looking for the deals. I'm the one that runs the fees, those, <laughs> and then I fund them. So I've got a, a spreadsheet at any given time with all the money partners and how much money they've got and what's with us and what potentially might have and what's due back when. Um, you know, we have a Linya's our admin assistant. She works three days a week for us, so she she's the one that pays all the bills, runs all the zeros on every project, oh, wow. etc. Um, so she gives me a weekly report on every project and where it's sitting and what it owes us and and things like that. But yeah, it's pretty well a full time job. It's a bit of a Tetris puzzle, um, and constantly, you know, and and knowing then that people situate and we're talking about people here too, and stuff happens with people. So people's situation changes, and um, mm. it only happened for the first time in the last year. I'm surprised probably didn't happen before, but you know, one of the saddest things that happened for us is we were mid project and one of our money partners passed away. And that was a really mm. horrible situation because he was a lovely man anyway and I, we considered him a friend, so yeah. that was very sad and upsetting. Um, but it was a development deal, timeframes were running over and his partner needed the funds back because it needed to go back into the estate to pay out, you know, his beneficiaries. And the, the um, project was running well behind time. So the, the loan agreement was due to expire and normally we would just go and say, okay, you know, the loan, the project's still going, the loan, can we extend the loan agreement, you know, renegotiate terms and extend for another six months, 12 months, three months, whatever we need. But, of course, she needed those funds back. And this project's still <laughs> half done, stuff everywhere, and that was a significant amount of money plus interest that I had to get back wow. to her. I got that email saying, I'm really sorry, Karen, but I'm going to need it back. And that just, again, the way the universe works. Less than an hour later, I had another money partner email. She had a chunk of money. And she just been diagnosed with terminal leukemia, and so she she needed her money back <clears throat> within four weeks to tidy up her affairs before the end of financial year, so her accountant could close off that year and have it clean, ready for her daughter. Um, and so, and again, she's a friend, you know. And so that was so double sadness. But mm. then, you know, I basically had you know six hundred thousand dollars worth of money partner money that I had to backfill. Um, so I had to find other money partners that would come yeah. to the project to be able to pay them out. Yeah, because paying, paying, you know, let's say $30,000 in in interest payments 
is nothing mm-hmm. compared to paying the $300,000 that you need to give back to Correct. the money partner mid project that you needed that $300,000 to run the project on. Correct. Jesus. And the, and the profit's still 12 months away, right? Nowhere to be seen because it's not ready yeah. yet. The yeah. chicken hasn't been cooked. Yeah. Um, I'm very cautious of your uh, your your voice. Um, we will run to a short break and then we'll jump into questions. I think this has been a power pack session. I think you you shed so much value. Oh. I appreciate you. Um, should play a special it. Captain uh, Planet scene, but maybe not with guest copy. This is why you got it. This is why you got Captain Planet. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a special announcement from the master of commercial property investing, Steve Polisi. I love commercial property. Get ready to have your minds blown as Steve is back and he's got some pretty exciting news for us. Steve is unleashing his second sensational book upon the world. And get this, for the Oz Property Investors members out there, he's giving it away absolutely free. Mm-hmm. Yep, 100% free. Yep. 100% free for all property enthusiasts who want to learn and grow on their commercial property investing journey. But he's also added a little extra chili to make this deal even spicier. With this free book, you'll also receive a complimentary one-hour strategy session with the man himself. Imagine a full 60 minutes with Steve's commercial and property genius dedicated to helping you master the intricate dance of commercial property investing. And who better to dance with the man who looks better than Patrick Swayze in Dirty Dancing? don't know about that. Want to grab this offer? It's super easy. If you're live right now, click the link in the comments and secure it today. If not, grab your device, open up the browser, head over to policyproperty.com, look for the book page and grab your free copy of Steve's latest masterpiece. And when you're checking out, make sure to use the exclusive code OZPROP to secure the free book and also your free one-hour strategy session. My only concern with this offer is that Steve's going to have to turn it off soon as he can only do so many sessions. So if you want to secure your spot, do so today. Oh, nearly passed out there. <laughs> I like that ad. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> We've lost Jeff. Oh, here he is. He's gotten a tea. Oh, that would be a nice, nice warm enough. cup of tea. But no, how, how good. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think we will crack into, I think Joe's, like I think we could go for three hours legitimately, but we won't do it. So, oh, oh sorry, you got rid of Karen. What'd you do, Joe? I think we've frozen her. Sorry, oh. Karen. We fro- well, I don't I know if we see- froze her. Yeah, but, but Joe, what, what are what, what are your key insights thus far from the? Yeah, I, think, I don't know what's happening. What are your what are your key insights thus far from the session, mate? I'd be keen to hear. Well, it's made it's it's made it tangible for me, right? Like it's made it realistic that that. Yeah, you can go out there and get a 15% return on your money. Um, who else yeah. is going to give you a 15% return on your money? Nobody. Is there risk? Yeah, absolutely. But if you're doing it with someone that knows what they're doing and you can get that money back, it's it's a cracking deal. On the other side, on the other side for the the the, the property project partner, the PP, you can the PP, you can get amazing returns with like as I was as I was saying before, like I did a I did a um, a land subdivision split just recently. Actually, we just sold the we just sold the third block. Bought the property yeah. four hundred eighty five thousand. We're selling it for two hundred and sixty, two hundred and sixty, and the last one I think we sold for two hundred and fifty. Um, so what's that? Uh, Seven hundred and whatever. Um, but but I, we're, I'm doing a joint venture with someone, so they're getting fifty percent of the project, and they're probably saying you're getting fifty percent of the project. Um, but with money partners, I'm getting 
I'm just paying them, you know, 15% on their the money that was put yeah, in. If they if, if they yeah. if they lend you sort of 300k or, or whatever 300k, so yeah. 20% I mean, that's how much 60k. Did we put, we, that's it. Uh, yeah, actually, let's do it. I think we put in 250,000 in total times by 15%. That's 37,500. That that deal that deal made 150 grand. So instead of splitting that 50-50, I'm now splitting that. Um, Karen's back. Yeah, much better. Get Karen back Maybe. again. With like a swirl yep. of death. Oh. Yep. Oh. Here we go. I would say that we're going to answer all these questions, but I don't know if we are. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I, mean, I can't answer on Karen's behalf, but uh, I can. I've seen seen a, seen a oh, few. Oh, she's back. We've made it. Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> sorry, right. we've had a heap oh, of storms here. The power keeps on going in and out. So my apologies. So I've jumped on hot Crazy. It's so a storm here in the south coast as well. So I could. We're all. Uh, we've got the captain captain power captain property vibes going like the absolutely earth wind fire and water captain <laughs> yeah yeah sorry so go so before yeah, exactly. we do a bit more shazamming yeah shazam <laughs> so what what before we and joe's probably got another 45 questions so we'll try and keep we could have could have done for hour. but what questions. i what i wanted to know is what are some of the what are some of the challenges <laughs> you've faced what are the typical challenges you've faced in your um, sort of money partner journey so we can and how have you troubleshot those I, I guess probably the first one's probably always the hardest right so you know it, it's hard I've talked a lot tonight about you know ask about the, ask to see the IM and what experience and things I have so that first one's probably always the hardest we were probably lucky because we were intro, introduced to someone who was very cash rich time poor love property We'd done a couple of deals on our own, so we had we did have a little bit of a track record. So, I guess guess for most people, that hardest part would be getting the first one. I think certainly for us, it's been those those situations. You know, when you're dealing with the CBA and someone dies in the CBA, it doesn't impact your loan. You got a money partner; they pass away. You know, that really has a massive impact. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, when you have to backfill six hundred thousand um, dollars, you get two emails in an hour and saying, you, you know, you got to backfill. You know, it's days like that. I go, no. Oh, I'm not sure I'm built for this. <laughs> mm. I, I still have those days, right? Even now, 70 plus deals, all that experience, all those money partners. Um, so I think it's just managing expectations and reading people. I think that's something <clears throat> that I probably do quite well based on my background is knowing who to who to almost over communicate with, who to keep it to really, mm. you know, minimal communication, things like that. So it's just basically. Okay, like a lot of things with property and stuff, it's just keeping all the balls in the air at the same time, knowing knowing where everything is and who's doing what and um, just managing it all um, and just knowing it's people. And look, there's been situations where <clears throat> we've done a, you know, has someone's come on board as a money partner and, I've you know, I've made the decision I would never work with them again because they have been that yeah. kind of that nightmare money partner. Yeah. Um, even, you know, even... Um, having a coffee with people or a drink and, and you know, good chats and things like that. Sometimes you still, you know, don't always get it right. So um, yeah, there's certainly I, I, and there's I, I actually, people that we've respectfully declined as well. I know when I... Go <clears throat> Sorry, I was going to say, I'd, I'd actually agree. Like if you, like I, if as much as you can meet with the people in person, because I remember when I was sort of, when I did, I've done two joint ventures, which is different from Money Partner. And and the first sort of couple of people I met, or first, I think it was oh. the second one I did the, yeah, um, that one I had had a had a coffee with them, and and I I think they for whatever I think we both sort of cancelled each other out, like it was sort of the conversation was great, but I just think there was a 
a mismatch between what we were both looking to achieve. And it's not that we didn't think that we could trust each other. I'm sure we could have, but there was just conflicting sort of uh, objectives as to how long mm. and how quickly and what we wanted to achieve from the project. So, and, and I wouldn't have been able, I don't think you could do that over a Zoom or a, or a phone call. I think it's, you need that sort of um, face-to-face as much as you can. Yeah. Having that drink or coffee. Yeah, I think, I think, oh, it's, I think it definitely similar values. It's a really important, Jeff. <coughs> similar yeah. values, particularly J, even what you say, even more JV, because a joint venture agreement is pretty well, it's a quasi business arrangement, right? You're in a, a short term business partnership with someone. So similar values are really important. You know, an example of that would be say, you, you know, a joint venturing or on a, a so a Renault together, and <coughs> I'm really about quality. And I'm not really into the whole lipstick on a pig and slap a bit of tile paint on and, you know, she'll be apples type thing. And then if you've got someone that wants to do cheap and cheerful, there's a mismatch there, right? So, um, mm. sorry, guys. <coughs> yeah. Yeah, you need to make sure everyone's on the same page. Sorry, that wasn't what I was going to bring it up. It's okay, it's okay, Ron. Never fear, mate. We've got we've got YouTube for you. We, we, we've unpacked there will, all the gold will be available to replay at your favourite speed whether it be 0.5% or 2, 2x on YouTube later on. So we'll drop that link. But um, I'm very cautious of, of not wanting, okay. we want to keep your voice forever um, and not ruin it, be the ones that have. So there's just a couple That's of questions okay. that I, I want. I've got a five or 10 more left in me. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll keep. Keep them short. Um, I haven't read all of this post because it's hard to read. So I'm going to read it out and hopefully it's a good one. It's well written. It's yeah. a lot of words. So how do you do How do you do you all your checks? And after doing yeah, all your yeah. checks, including past deals and people, then the deal doesn't go on time. Even though you were assured the worst case scenario, the person has done this deal. Yet the time comes to receive your money and it's all delayed because of X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, your deal thought was well-researched and and grip tight is not so good and starts to becoming a nightmare. Wondering if you go to first your first uh, your capital back and agreed to. Wow, okay. I feel like this person. <laughs> <laughs> not speaking well, well, from... Uh, this is somebody you're uh, ultra cautious, not, not necessarily burnt. This doesn't feel like a high... Yeah. Um, so I guess it would suggest that, you know, presumably it's something more like a development. So if the person's got a good track record, past deals, et cetera, and that certainly has happened to the best of us the last few years, so I have to say there's many times I've had to go back to money partners, it feels like cap in hand and go, look, I'm really sorry, <clears throat> but council still has come back with another range of questions or <clears throat> the builder has assured us that they were going to out of your hands, no matter how good, no matter how much how much you run a tight ship, that stuff is totally mm-hmm. out of your hands. So, I guess one thing I would say, if you're a money partner and you're going into a deal, you don't want to be running your own deadlines really tight. You know, you don't want for the money partner to say, mm-hmm. "Oh, the project will be done end of December. You'll have your money back end of the first week of January." Right? That's kind of dangerous. And I've had money partners who do that. It kind of it is property, right? It's people, it's, we've been in an unprecedented environment the last couple of years, so I can say, you know, there's been several projects of ours that have gone way over time and there's been instances where I've had to pay people out um, because, well, and fair enough, the loan agreement had expired, the project wasn't finished, they were committed to other things. 
So I totally respect that. And that's that's obviously their prerogative to line up their money. So do be cautious about maybe in this environment of late, hopefully it's getting better, but don't be, you know, running deadlines really tight yourself as a money partner. Perhaps have a, and again, that should be the communication. If your money's due back on the 31st of December, the money partner shouldn't be telling you on the 30th of December that the money's not coming yeah. back. Yeah, right? probably. The, the, the project you, partner would have known probably November, de November, December, and they should be communicating that nice and early on. Sorry, Jeff? Yeah, so how do you frame that? So again, that's about communication, that, like, getting on the front foot, yeah, <clears throat> having yeah, uncomfortable yeah. conversations. But an uncomfortable conversation is better, you know, a month before rather than a day before. Um, and it just shows the integrity of the Correct. person that they're dealing with. Yeah. Um, and that gives me time too, right? So if the person says, yeah. look, Karen, I'm sorry, yeah. can hella high water, I need it back. I need your money back, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I feel like I cut you, you, you can almost then you can start to then problem solve if that person can't if they need their money back one January or thirty first of December, then you can start to say, well, okay, can we then sort of start to release right. some of the funds as yeah. it comes through? Like, is it do you need all the money? Like, what do we need the money for? Like, how do we how do we come to an agreement oh. where everybody wins yeah. rather than saying, yeah. okay, look, I'm just I can't do I can't do any of that because we the project's delayed yeah. and I don't have any money. So, That's yeah, right. or. It's something like a development or a landscape where you're getting a you've got an, it's not just you know Renault's a bit harder because it's just sitting there in one project, one but a land split yeah. or a development. Hopefully, you've got sales and settlements are coming through at staggered periods, presumably. So it might be like, okay, well, look, leave it with me. I'll go and see if I can negotiate with the other money partners. If they don't need it desperately, we'll make sure that you get paid first as settlements come through and, and things like that. So again, if you kind of take a partnership approach to it and try and problem solve together rather than just saying, well, this is your problem, you know, one plus yeah. one equals three. The, the other question I have is, um, like, if you're doing, like, what you're talking about before, you have that person that they give you, you, know, you didn't say numbers, but let's say they give you $500,000 and then you paid them over a month. Do you, do you take more money than needed and use their own money to pay them that, that recurring interest repayment? Yeah. Oh, the ones yeah. that are paying them their interest monthly. But yeah, the family members that we're paying them 10% and paying them interest monthly. Now that's coming. So having done this for long enough now, we've actually made some good profits along the way. So we also do have cash cool reserves way. and things as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and we've got sense. stuff constantly happening, good... right? So there's a constant, like, so every yeah. quarter I do a cash flow forecast with Lydia. So we go, what's coming, what's finished, what's coming on. So I, I can forecast my cash flow for every quarter so I can see what money, so I can be going, okay, well, I can actually pay that, that and that have, we have some, you know, set monthly because we have private equity money too and they have monthly repayments. So yeah. so we've got, you know, it's this constant. <clears throat> I do feel like a, a monthly money lender sometimes, but, you know, we do have projects finishing and profits coming in and things like that all the time too. This is this is a good question, and and um, I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Sorry, if it's already covered earlier, but what are the risks and rewards for the different arrangements for money partners? Percentage of profit or percentage of return on the deal? So this is where I think we're talking about joint ventures, where we get a percentage of the deal rather than um, just a fixed percentage return on our capital. Yep. Yep. So obviously, JV can be um, more financially lucrative. Um, but equally, it also has more risk with it because, like I talked about before, if the you know the the budgets blown out, sales are softened, and the profit's not there, and if even there's a loss, for example, we go from a forecast profit to a loss, 
you're then 50% liable for the loss as well. Whereas with a money partner partner arrangement, yeah. you've got a fixed rate of interest. So like I said, if the deal's fantastic and we end up making heaps more profit than we forecast, well, that's to our benefit. Equally, yeah. if it all goes pear-shaped and we make a loss on it, well, that's our problem. Rain, hail or shine, you've got your fixed 15% per annum on your money. So JVs yeah. certainly can be for those who have got, again, a higher risk threshold uh, and perhaps want to be a bit more hands-on themselves because generally with a JV, and I don't know if this was your situation, Jeff, but you often do tend to split up roles and responsibilities as well. So yeah. you go, okay, well, you're putting this money in, we're putting this money in, you're taking care of X, Y, Z, we're taking care of ABC, you've got these roles and we, we agree we meet every every week and we have a meeting and we're sharing this. So it's certainly, yeah, it can be a lot more lucrative because you might look at the FISO that a person, project partner puts up and go, oh, right, I'm, I'm going to make, you know, 30,000 interest, they're going to make 300K on this. But, but like I said, you know, equally we've taken on the risk, we found the project, we could equally make a 300K loss. So that's why we get the returns, right? You know, you take the developer risk, you get the de developer return. Yeah, I've, I've, Andy keeps asking a lot of questions, but um, his, his, I think we answered this one, Andy. If there's a loss on the project, does the money partner still get paid? Well, generally, I mean, it comes down to it what the be. agreement says. Yeah. It should be in your loan agreement that you'd make it very clear. Yeah. In your loan agreement. I think agreement in a joint venture. This is the amount, and like I said, even if worst case scenario. Sorry, you go. Sorry, Jeff. No, you, you go, sorry. Yeah, so you, you, this is where your agreements are really important. So a good solicitor from the get-go, structuring the agreement that, okay, there's a loss, um, and even if it's not straight away, but it's that, but there's an assurance that the principal and interest will be returned, um, you know, as per the agreement. Love it. I am, I am, my throat is hurting listening work? to you um, suffer through so this. And you were too <laughs> You are too, you're too kind to say, guys, it's probably <laughs> time to go. Um, and it's definitely time to go. Um, yeah. This right. session has been, as I said, right at the beginning, this is going to be one of my favorite sessions because you don't hold anything back. You've got amazing coaching clients that you help um, do this. We had a couple of people jumping in saying, oh, I had, I've run 37 projects um, because of the education and everything. Um how can people learn more about you, what you're doing? How can I, because this sounds like a great like gateway drug into <laughs> getting into the money partner space. Um, like, I'm always happy to have a chat with people. I get a lot of messages from people and I'm always happy to have a chat and get some insight. So welcome for people to, you know, send me a, a messenger message or um, jump onto our website. As a contact form there. Yeah, we got so, one. yeah, look, I'm always happy to chat with people and offer some insights or some thoughts or whatever. So, yeah. Love it. Here's one. Kaz is awesome. Her guidance has wow. resulted me with eight money partners all paid out and is successful in a multi-million dollar business and ready to do more. Thanks, Kaz. Just... Ridiculous. Ridiculousness. And you keep just giving it there all away, go. Kaz. Thank you very much for uh, for the cool. absolute gems awesome. that you've given us here. Um, reach yeah, out. My pleasure. Did you did you put it in the comments there, Jeff? Pop it in the comments, rainmakerproperty.com.au. Yeah. Yeah. I realise we didn't um, do that. A lot of people helped me along the way, so I'm, I'm really grateful to be able to um, give back as well. This is my way of sort of I'd say we've got legs up, you know, here, there, and insights and people that have been really generous with their time and knowledge, so I try to do the same now too. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's, 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 very, it's very rare to get um, – somebody sort of talk to um, particularly in this sort of project space 
um, to, to that actually is is sort of backing as, as backing their sort of selves in terms of paying in their investors back, regardless of whether the deal makes makes money or not. And I know that yeah, I mean everybody does their best, but um, it's there's not uh, always that integrity there with, with some of the projects I've seen kicking around the last sort of five or ten yeah. years. I've I've been doing this sort of stuff. Nice. No. Yeah. yeah. Thanks it very much, Karen. It's a difference, right? Appreciate- we're all. At the end of the day, we're all people and the money's great, but I'd rather be known for having been someone that um, did good things for people and helped them on their wealth journey rather than sitting there with a big... All right. Oh, Thanks, look guys. At this. We're getting... We're getting a, we're getting these, a call, getting called out here. More of these, Jeff and Joe. Love it. Thank you very much, um, Karen. Let's go buy a property, everyone, and uh, catch Happy you Happy to then. return anytime, guys. <laughs> Always. Hear more interviews and share your story with some of Australia's top property experts and commentators now by joining the Oz Property Investors Facebook group with over 25,000 property investors so we can all become better property investors together. Just a quick reminder that anything we covered on this podcast is not considered as financial advice. This is general information only. You need to go and speak with your qualified professionals to understand your unique circumstances as this is general advice only. If you got any value out of this podcast, feel free to recommend us to your friends and leave us a review. Thank you very much for listening and have a fantastic day. Let's go buy property.